If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh. Check it out now. Uh. No doubt now. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Monday morning to you. This is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Slink, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's all brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. What's happening, y'all? It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay, producer number five and eight, is here as well. The Glover, Cre- uh, Glover, Grover Cleveland of producers, pardon me. The Grover Cleveland of producers. And ladies and gentlemen, it would not be a Monday during football season without guessing lines and the great Chrissy Andrews. Chris, who runs the South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook, you have made a, a conscious decision in your outfit today. This is my funeral outfit. <laughs> I don't have my black armband. I yeah. left that at home. Yeah. It'll be a funeral once Michael Gaughan gets the figures. <laughs> Make sure you say nice things about me at my funeral. Was that one of your worst, worst weekends ever? Uh well, I've had some other bad weekends in the past. I think this might be the worst I've had since being here at the South Point. Really? And yeah. you and you arrived here at the South Point. What year was that? 2016. Bad one. It was a bad one. And it and it wasn't the wise guys you said. Oh, there. even the the parlay cards got whacked. Yeah, I mean, bad. You know, I just went through. You know, briefly went through all the figures. Before coming on the air, it's uh, you know the parlay cards, parlays, that sort of thing. That that's that's who beat us up. Yeah, you know what this means from our, our perspective? It just means that you, one of these days coming up is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, I favorite. keep hearing that. You know, yeah. there's no guarantee of that. Believe me, there's that, no guarantees whatsoever. It's true, as you say that. I remember like 2017, 2018. There was like a month or two that went on where you were getting the worst of it, if I recall. Yeah. So. Sometimes it sustains for a bit. I think it was 2004. I happened to be at the Golden Nugget. And every week, I mean, I had people come in and say, this is so easy. They were betting the Baltimore Colts, Peyton Manning, or (laughs) Indianapolis Colts, Peyton Manning, New England Patriots with with Tom Brady, uh, Philadelphia Eagles with Donovan McNabb. I just parlayed them to the over every week. And, you know, (laughs) and it was like, 
we can't stop these guys. You know, and yeah. it, again, it was the same thing. The wise guys would come in and bet us to get, take the dog, take the under, take all the value, and the public would just overpower them and annihilate us every week. Well, I wasn't part of it. I wasn't part of the annihilation. Uh, Jeffrey Parlay was not part of the annihilation either. We did not uh, make good on the National Football League. Uh, for those tuning in to the show for the first time, this is Guessing Lines. It's a tribute to the old Stardust radio show, akin to that, where I'm in a cocoon since yesterday. Chrissy uh, has not posted his numbers here at the South Point. Jeff feeds us a game. We discuss in the process what happened yesterday throughout week six in the National Football League. Obviously, one game pending tonight. And then uh, I guess what it is, you tell me what you're going to post at the end of the show. So without further ado, Jeff, what's first? Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, uh, sir. I, Good morning. I did not get the message on black, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I, in my initial shirt, I did, but it was not a was not up to standard. Uh, let's start with Denver at Cleveland on Thursday night. Denver at Cleveland. Oh, this is one we might not have that much much to say about. Denver at Cleveland. Denver started three and zero. Now they're three and three. Teddy Bridgewater yesterday in Denver's loss to the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, in their first game in the post John Gruden era. Teddy Bridgewater, 35 of 49 for 334. That doesn't sound that bad, but three touchdowns, three picks, sacked five times. Fant was his big receiver, nine for 97 to touchdown. Cortland Sutton, eight for 94 to touchdown. But the Broncos were minus four in turnovers in their 34 to 24 loss at the hands of the Raiders. And then Cleveland, they dropped at three and three. Uh, they lose yesterday against the coachless, the head coachless and others gone in the coaching staff for the Arizona Cardinals, and they get waxed 37-14 to 14 in the end. Cleveland went for, went for it fourth and three at their own 13, down seven to nothing in the first quarter. Mayfield got sacked, and that kind of set the tone, kind of set the tone of the day yeah. around the league. Mayfield was also strip-sacked in the second quarter. That led to a field goal to make it 17 to nothing. He threw a pick in the second quarter that led to a 20 to nothing Arizona lead. You get the idea. Uh, they had seven penalties for 63 yards, Cleveland did, in penalties, and 51 total yards, roughly three and a half minutes into the second quarter. Think about that. Seven penalties for 63 and only 51 total yards, three and a half minutes into the second quarter. Uh, but then Mayfield did have that 57-yard Hail Mary to close the first half. Donovan Peoples-Jones, that cut it to 23-14, to 14, and you figured, you know, at that point, you're like, wow, they're getting destroyed and they're still in this game. Curiously, Stefanski did not kick a uh, – he did kick the PAT to cut it to nine, didn't try to go for two to cut it to eight. Okay, no problem. 627 left in the third quarter, though, down 23-14, to 14, but driving at the Arizona 46. Then he was strip-sacked. Bayfield was again and hurt. It looked like he'd be out of the game, but he continued. Shoulder is going to be a real issue for the Browns moving forward. Baker Mayfield's non-throwing shoulder. Nick Chubb was out of this game. They lost Kareem Hunt then in the fourth quarter, which they're calling a calf injury, but looked awfully Achilles-ish to me. What do I know, though? Mayfield ended up 19 of 28 for 234. Two touchdowns, one pick, sacked five times. He will have an MRI today, Monday. Today, Monday, he will have an MRI on his left shoulder. This could be a problem for this game on Thursday. I'm not so sure. And by the way, Chrissy, I'm no doctor. But I'm not so sure he's your brother who is. <laughs> My brother is. I'm not sure who, who if he plays in this game. I really am not sure. Because he was saying in the postgame presser that it pops out now without contact. That J.J. Watt uh, tackle, when he hit the ground, it popped out. But that later it was popping out without contact. That can't be good. 
Peoples-Jones, four for 101, two touchdowns. Beckham, five for 79. But the Browns only had 16 first downs. They were three of 10 on third, one of four on fourth, minus three in turnovers. They allowed points on Arizona's first five possessions, two touchdowns, three field goals, nine penalties themselves for 88 yards, consecutive regular season losses for the first time under Kevin Stefanski. If Mayfield plays, I would say the Browns minus six because I just don't think the Broncos are any good. But I have my doubts that he's playing. Um, I'm with you on that. But everybody has the numbers up. Kind of surprised that they do. But numbers are up. They were up last night. and (coughs) Pardon me. Everybody has them up today. What's your number? My number, uh, assuming Mayfield is okay, but also assuming that the running back situation is not okay. That's huge, too. Uh, I have Cleveland four and a half. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, that's my pure power rating number. I like four better for a lot of those things that, that you kind of illustrated. Uh, a couple things, you know, again, we'll start mentioning QBR that we left out for the first couple episodes. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, like 30.2. Pretty ugly yesterday. Yeah, he was Baker not good. Mayfield was 34.7. Uh, but, you know, kind of like, Denver, I'm saying they are what we thought they were. They had it was kind of a phony three and zero. Cleveland, they're, they're kind of dropping a little bit. Mayfield's not playing well. I think the shoulder injury has something to do with that, and the lack of a running game I think has a lot to do with it. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to open four, even though my power ratings come a little higher. I don't like uh, the running back situation, and I don't like the way Mayfield looks right now. I, they they feel to me like they're the Niners of last year. Where they just got decimated by injuries. Like all the potential in the world just got decimated. So I really, that the Mayfield situation today is going to be very interesting. That could be the story of today in the NFL. And they do have Case Keenum as a backup. So, I mean, he's he's a veteran backup who's okay. Yeah. Serviceable. Damn with faint praise. Yes, Jeff, what's next? Next up, AFC North matchup between the Bengals (laughs) and the Ravens. Bengals and the Ravens. Game in Baltimore, Gil. Uh, Bengals at Ravens. Four and two Bengals, five and one Ravens. Joe Burrow, 19 of 29, and the Bengals win over the Lions yesterday for 271. Three touchdowns, one pick sack twice. Mixon, 18 for 94 on the ground, five catches, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Jamar Chase, four catches for 97, but no touchdown. Bengals, four wins in as, is as many as they had last season. Had four all last year. They're already four and two this year. Zach Taylor had six wins in four years before this year. Now he has four wins in six weeks. Baltimore, best record in the AFC. Obviously, Buffalo uh, will have something to say about that tonight. Lamar, 19 of 27 yesterday in Baltimore's comprehensive defeat of the Chargers. Lamar was 19 of 27 for 167. One touchdown, two picks, sacked three times, eight carries for 51 yards. The most regular season wins, 35 by a quarterback prior to his 25th birthday. Take that, Lamar haters. They held the Chargers to 14 first downs, three of 12 on third down, one of four on fourth. The Chargers were held to 208 total yards, 26 rushing. They also out time of possession them, 3807 to 2153. They outrushed the Chargers, as I mentioned, 187 to 26. They held the Chargers to season lows in points, six, passing yards, 182, and rushing yards, 26. We'll get to the Chargers, but that was comprehensive. I'll say Baltimore by seven. Uh, you're a little high. <clears throat> it's pretty solid, six and a half. That's exactly what my power ratings come to. A couple notes on this game. First of all, getting to, to Baltimore. I think it was three weeks ago on this show, I said even though Lamar Jackson had won a unanimous MVP a couple years back, which I fully supported, he looks better now to me 
than he did then. His just fundamentals just seemed like a little stronger. You got to remember, he's a young man. What do you say? He's not 25. Not 25 yet. yet. So he looked better to me, and he's been playing fantastic. 61.8 was his QBR yesterday, which I thought would even be higher. You know. Yes, he's low. Uh, Joe Burrow. 62.6 was his QBR, but you mentioned it. Zach Taylor, a guy who we've knocked deservedly. Yes. Maybe he's figuring this thing out a little bit. I he's gotten the, better. I believe the word I kept using was he looks bewildered. Yeah, I think that was appropriate. <laughs> yeah. But he looks like he's starting to figure things out. And, of course, he's got a quarterback who's figuring well, it out, too. And isn't that it, right? Like, oh, how how interesting you, you become a better coach when Joe Burrow falls into your lap like that. Yeah. And or we'll, Tom Brady. Ask Bill well, Belichick. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. And my theory about Belichick, all these people, which people wash hate over me for, like, okay, yeah, I get it. He's going to be on the Mount Rushmore of coaching. But, uh, yeah, you're not going to convince me. If he didn't have Tom Brady, he'd be on that Mount Rushmore. Uh, I, there's a lot of coaches in that category. Yeah. And he's one of them. That's right. Um, about the Chargers here, I want to say a, a bunch about them. Their opponent, Baltimore's opponent. Um, we said last week on the show with Brandon Staley, as much as I'm in love with Brandon Staley, that eventually those fourth downs were going to come back and haunt them. That's fine. I still love the approach. Yeah. People want to hate on Brandon Staley today? No. The result is not the the result is not what you should be focused on. It's on the process. From a betting standpoint, though, that's going to be problematic. We'll talk about that a little bit right here on Guessing Lines, a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. It's Gil Alexander. Chrissy Andrews is here as well, who runs the uh, South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook. At least till he has a discussion with Michael Gaughan later today, and then all bets are off. <laughs> That's why I'm in my black funeral outfit. It's touch and go from that point. From that point, no, I, point. I talked to Michael last night. He's the one who usually talks me down. You know, mm-hmm. we'll be okay. We'll be okay. Yeah, he seems very level. Well, how great is it to work for someone like oh, that? Oh, my. I've worked for some guys who are not. Yes. And uh, it's great. Uh, m- most of them don't try to talk you down. Michael, you know, he's been through the wars. You he, know, he, he's, he'll we'll be okay. He understands short-term negative variants. Oh, he and, oh yeah. Yeah, I and mean, his father was... You know, Jackie gone a legend in this town, absolute legend. And well, so is Michael. You know, uh, so they know, they know. It's just listen. You get waxed on the parlay cards, you're going to lose. That's the way you're going to lose. What'd you say about the survivor? Nobody, nobody, nobody lost. Nobody unsurvived this last weekend. I think with like seven people on the Dolphins in Circa, like that was the biggest loser. I think yesterday was was no submissions. Ten people failed to submit. That was the biggest loser really? yesterday. Oh, Lord. How bad is that? First of all, what are they doing not submitting in Survivor? What is that? Though I will say, I after doing like 11 shows a week and trying to wait to, to put yeah. it in as light, late as possible, I get panicky. Yeah. Oh, I got to put it in my Survivor. Yeah. Setting alarms. Well, one last thing about the Chargers, because we were just talking about Baltimore a second ago. And I just want to make that point about Brandon Staley again. So people are going to kill him because they failed on a couple fourth downs, you know, and and very highly aggressive fourth downs. They were down 14 to nothing, the Chargers were, yesterday. They went for it, fourth and three from their own 39 with 9-13 left in the second quarter. Incomplete pass. Three and out for Baltimore, by the way, led to a 52-yard field goal, 17 to nothing. Baltimore led after that one. Then down 24 to six, they went for it fourth and one from their own 19-yard line with 5.58 left in third quarter. Incomplete pass. Another three and out for Baltimore that led to a 39-yard field goal. So, a couple things. One, those two fourth down non-conversions 
led to a grand total of six points for Baltimore. Yeah. So it's not why the Chargers lost. Let's let's establish that. They lost because they got crushed, not because of, <clears throat> pardon me, going forward on fourth downs. But secondly, I just I want to repeat it again for betters that this is the thing with the Chargers. It's still smart coaching in the end. He still thinks in a way that most coaches could do well to adopt. Although, really, as I say that, I'm thinking we have other examples of coaches who have no idea when, you know, they just they just sort of do it inconsistently. But you can't, it's the process, not the result on the Brandon Staley stuff. But for betters, it is incumbent for us to remember that you're going to get, and we said this last week on the show, hey, eventually these fourth downs aren't all going to work. And I'm, and I'm as guilty because I had the Chargers and Teasers yesterday, so I, I raised my hand as one of those who has to remind myself of this. They're going to have some volatile results that we're not used to for teams because of their willingness to try those things. I just think that needs to be said. Well, I think you know, I think that's uh, you know, you're hit on some good points, but also, I mean, Justin Herbert played terrible yesterday. Yeah, they uh, got beat, crushed. I mean, I was I'm looking at his QBR, eighteen point five. I mean, he really played. I, I think that's his worst QBR. I think that he's ever had. I'd have to go and double check that, but he played terribly yesterday, and they they got beat every which way. Every which way. And you know, it's funny they were they were still kind of in the game for a while, you know, but. Uh, you know, it would have taken a miracle, but we see miracles happen in this league all the time. And and you think about, like, Herbert. Like, where does he, in the MVP conversation, he's probably, like, eighth, seventh. I mean, there's so many candidates of, for yeah, it yeah. at this point. Uh, but that was definitely not a, a good game for him, nor was it for the entire football team. Just absolutely curb-stomped in that ball game, regardless of the fourth down lack of conversions. What's next? Sam Darnold's triumphant return to MetLife Stadium. The Panthers at the Giants. I always love when Carolina, because Jeff is so traumatized by uh, Darnold, Darnold in New York, that I will get a text whenever Darnold does something bad. Jeff will always something to the effect of, there he goes again, showing himself. So Carolina, well, Carolina plays the Vikings yesterday, and they end up losing in overtime. But boy, what a circuitous route to take there. Um, first of all, the Vikings went for two up 12 to seven. And when they were up 18 to 17, they failed on both. So if they kicked the extra points and those go in, they'd be up three, which by the way is a big if, but I'm just saying they were chasing points from the beginning. They were only up one instead of three. They would have been up three instead of one. Still, still the Vikings led 28 to 17 in the fourth quarter and then up 28 to 20, less than five minutes remaining in the game. Cousins to Conklin for 40 yards, and you figure, okay, Vikings just going to walk this home. Easy peasy. Already up eight. Got the ball plus territory. They can milk it. Well, first and 10 at the Carolina 35 with less than four minutes left. Ends up being a third and eight at the Carolina 33 with 305 left. And on third and eight at the Carolina 33, it's a Dalvin Cook rush on third and eight. And he only gains three yards. Minnesota takes a delay, and they punt. What a curious call on mm. third and eight yeah. at that position. So Carolina then has 209 left on the clock, down eight, but they need to go 96 yards for a touchdown and get a two-point conversion. Well, guess what they do? Including converting a fourth and 10 at their own four with a 41-yard toss from Darnold to Ian Thomas. I was like, I got your Sam Darnold, Jeffrey Parlay. But they leave 42 seconds on the clock after not mortar kicking. There's that lack of a mortar kick. Six plays later, because Kirk Cousins is doing unbelievable things now in these situations, Greg Joseph, Greg Joseph, who is so feast or famine, misses a 47-yarder. We're going overtime. 
Overtime, nine plays, 75 yards. Cousins to K.J. Osborne, ball game, 34 to 28. So Darnold, Darnold ends up 17 or 41 for 207, one touchdown, one pick. He was sacked four times, four carries for 48 yards. But he has thrown six picks in his last three games. And there you go. Chuba Hubbard, 16 of 61 in the touchdown. D.J. Moore, five catches for 73. Carolina was only 2 of 12 on third downs. They were 2 of 2 on fourth. But they gave up 571 total yards to the Vikings. They were minus 2 in turnovers also was Carolina. They couldn't overcome, by the way. Minnesota had 11 penalties for 98 yards. Carolina couldn't uh, overcome that. So Carolina on defense, they had 14 sacks. When they went 3-0, and they've only had two during their three-game losing mm-hmm. streak. And then there's the Giants, who they're playing. Daniel Jones was 29-51 for 242, no touchdowns, three picks. He was sacked four times. Career-high four turnovers. Daniel Jones never had four turnovers in a game before this. Career-high four turnovers. Never had four? This Seems is like the first he does it every week. Maybe it matched it. I don't know. Okay. But it says career-high here. He got strip-sacked and uh, threw an INT in the second quarter, deep in the Giants' own territory. That really was the game-changer moments of the game because that led directly to two Rams touchdowns. So did an interception in the second half in Rams' territory. Um, that's the deal. The, the turnovers were everything in that game. Shepard was 10 for 76, but the Giants only ended up with 261 total yards. They were 4 of 15 on third, 2 of 4 on fourth. They were minus 2 in turnovers, but again, 4 turnovers, all involving Daniel Jones. The Giants went for it fourth and one at their own 41 with 223 left in the first quarter, up three to nothing. Didn't end up hurting them when a successful fake punt by the Rams was negated by offsetting unsportsmanlike penalties, which we never got to see on replay. I didn't see it. I was like, okay, we trust you. So the Giants got away with that. By the way, there was an uncatchable pass also called in the first quarter. On the Giants' field goal drive, they threw one in the end zone. There was a flag thrown, and for the first time since the Yeti was found, they called an uncatchable, which I thought was noteworthy as well because I thought they're just I haven't heard it. that for a long yeah. time. Yeah, Yeti or uncatchable? <laughs> Take your pick. Yes. <laughs> By the way, one of uh, the, the Giants are now one in five for the fourth time in five seasons. Oh, um, oh I have to make a line here. I have to guess a line. Uh, Carolina minus three and a half on the road. Uh, you're a little high. It's two and a half. Uh, well, I'm going to open two and a half. I see three even, uh, so three with juice on the dog, two and a half with some juice on the favorite. I like two and a half. My power ratings come to exactly two and a half. It would have been higher before the game, but I really started dropping the Panthers. You know, they, uh, you know, I was very impressed with them. You know, I think McCaffrey injury has a lot to do with it. But you know, uh, and uh, Coach Rule, I love this guy, but. You know, he only has so much talent on that team. Yep. And uh, Sam Darnold, you know, I mean, I hate to agree with Parlay, but he's, he's Sam right. Darnold. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, well, he does not protect the ball. This this was the same thing at USC. It's happened, totally. you know, time and time again as a pro. And you have to protect the ball. Now, speaking of not protecting the ball, he's going against Daniel Jones. I can't believe that's the only game he's had with four turnovers. It seems like he turns it over all the time. His QBR yesterday, by the way, 6.4, low low mark of the day. Out of 100. Out of 100. Uh, Darnold was better, 33.8. But anyway, my power range come to two and a half. And if we have a second, I could talk about the Giants. We, we talk about it after the break. Okay, go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry, I ran you into a break. My bad. It's a lot to say no, about that's, that. I'm talking Minnesota about the Giants game a little bit. Okay, uh, we'll do that. And more guessing lines, more games coming up from the early window, trying to find some value. That's the point of this, trying to, trying to extract some value. Coming back, numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening what's up everybody this is Stephen A. Smith when I'm not at my day job first tape you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith show podcast tune in every Monday Wednesday and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports pop culture business and politics You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Gil Alexander and Christy Andrews, the star of Guessing Lines. Um, you didn't have a good day yesterday, but it was nice of you to still show up this morning. I appreciate oh, that. You know, I've used this analogy before, and it's true. It's kind of like you're a relief pitcher or a cornerback. Mm-hmm. You're going to get beat. Yeah. It's going to cost your team. You're going to get beat. What do you do? Yeah. Run away and hide, or come to work the next day. Come to work the next day. It's a little bit of therapy. Yeah. yeah. What, what are you, gonna do? you wanted to say something about the Giants. I want to say something about the Giants. Last week we opened at ten and a half, which was exactly what my power ratings came to. Sight unseen as far as the injuries go. As the injuries came in, I said, "Oh, this this game can go nothing but up." I went to eleven, pretty much without a bet. The money poured in on the Giants as their injury report got somewhat better, you know, but I still, with no injuries, I thought 10 and a half was a good number. So I said then at the time when they kicked off, I told Michael Gaughan, I says, we either need the Rams to blow them out or the Giants to win outright because we had so many money line parlays, teasers, et cetera, on the Rams. We got the blowout, but the way the day unfolded was not that good of a result because all the other favorites won, all the other teasers came in, all the other money line parlays came in. Yeah, so, but that was uh, that was like a three and a half point move on the Giants. It's it's so hard. I and I'll say this, and people will be like, "Ah, what are you talking about?" But so the Rams end up crushing them, right? Yeah. Was it thirty eight to eleven? Was the final score? And and but I get back to what I said about the game. So Jones strip sack and an INT in the second quarter, deep in their own territory, right? That leads directly to two Rams touchdowns. He also had an INT in the second half that in L, in the Rams territory that ended up being a touchdown, also. And you do, like, cognitively, you do have to say to yourself, you're sort of like, okay, well, I get it. You can say that, well, that's Daniel Jones. But if those two things don't happen in the second quarter, right, those are short fields for the yeah. Rams. Who knows? Who 
knows? Well, there's always turning points yeah. in games, and I, you know, we've yeah. said it before that great athletes make big plays, and some some guys don't make big plays; they make big mistakes. Jalen Jones, one of those guys. Sam Donald, guy we they talked about mistakes. in the last segment. Yeah, they make a lot of mistakes. They make mistakes. There's no question. All right, Jeff, what's next? Early window still. Washington at Green Bay. Oh boy. Well, there's our first double-digit spread. At least that's what I want to guess. Uh, Taylor Heineke, Washington loses to Kansas City. Stayed with him for a half yesterday because of two picks by Mahomes, one of which was not Patrick Mahomes' fault, the other which was terribly his fault. But Washington, uh, Heineke, Taylor Heineke, 24 of 39 for 182. One touchdown, one pick, no sacks. J.D. McKissick, 8 for 45 on the ground, 8 for 65 in terms of his reception yardage and receptions. The Washington lone touchdown in this game, I don't know if you saw this, there were two, not one, but two Washington wide receivers clearly behind the Kansas City defense. Like, Heineke could have thrown it to either of them, and it's like, did did the defense forget that these guys were behind them? Um, Ricky Seals-Jones, so anyway, that was the only touchdown for Washington. Washington only had 15 first downs. 7 of 14 on third downs. They gave up 499 total yards. That was the story with uh, with the football teamers yesterday. And then Green Bay beat Chicago. Aaron Rodgers, 17 of 23 for 195. Two touchdowns through the air. No picks. Was sacked three times. Seven carries, 19 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. 14 touchdowns and one pick for Rodgers during the Packers' five-game winning streak. That's 14 and one. They've beaten the Bears. The Packers have 10 of their last 11 meetings. Devontae, 4 for 89. Aaron Jones, 13 carries, 76 yards, 4 catches, 34 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, this will be 10. 10 in favor of the Packers. It's 9.5. Mm. Okay, we're going to two things here. I like your number better. Thank Mark you. that off your bingo card. Thank you. The other one could be diminishing returns a little bit. My power ratings come to 13.5. I thought eh, that's a little bit high, but I got to tell you, I think Washington is really dropping for a couple reasons. I think Ty- Taylor Heineke, Taylor or Tyner? Taylor. Taylor Heineke. Mm-hmm. I think they're starting to figure him out a little bit. You know, the, what he had going, you know, last year's playoff, the first part of this year. Eh, the guys are kind of figuring it out. Uh, I still, 13 F's too high. I mean, the, the, you be careful anything over double digits. But I got to tell you, I'm opening 10. I saw the opening number last night was 10, but it got bet down. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take a bet at the 10, I got to tell you, because I think it should be uh, double digits here. Mm. Uh and I still have Green Bay, one of the highest. Uh, they now, by the way, have the highest home field advantage in the NFL. I had to lower Denver. Sure. They're not. They don't play well at home for a while. Oh, now. it was Green Bay and Denver. That Green Bay and Denver, and I lowered. I'm lowering Denver. That didn't come into play this week. But I, I'm going to open ten here on this game and take a bet. They'll probably bet me, but that's fine. I, I'm sure I could use it by the end of the week. Rogers uh, shouting, "I still own you!" at the Bears crowd when he uh, scored that touchdown on the ground. Well, Washington. They got problems because their schedule is really tough, too. Remember, Washington's schedule is really back-weighted towards the division. So they do have that kind of get-out-of-jail-free stretch at the end of the year. Five, excuse me, yeah, five of their uh, six division games are the last five weeks of the season, including the really weird Dallas-Philly-Dallas-Philly four-week stretch, which you never see on a schedule. But until then, the schedule is brutal, and it looks like Curtis Samuel may never get over this groin injury, which was what Washington was really counting on to have on the other side of the field of Terry McLaurin. That ain't working out uh, in terms of getting that free agent uh, or getting that uh, Panther standout from the past really full strength. So that's a, that's the history of this team. 
whether it's Albert Hainsworth or mm. Sean Gilbert or Dana Stubblefield or you just name it, whenever they get big-name players, it just never seems to work out for Washington. Next, Jeff. The victor against the Washington football team this week, the Chiefs on the road at Tennessee. Okay, so Tennessee yet to play. Tennessee hosting the Buffalo Bills tonight. That should be a good one. Tennessee uh, feels live to me. We shall see. Hmm. And then Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, as I mentioned, 32 of 47 yesterday for 397. Two touchdowns, the two picks. And then the uh, he was sacked three times, three carries for 31 yards. Uh, Darrell Williams, 21 of 62 on the ground. Two touchdowns, three catches for 27 yards. Kelsey, eight for 99. Tyreek, nine for 76 at a touchdown. The Chiefs were 11 of 17 on third downs, one of two on fourth, 499 total yards against the football team. They overcame not just the two Mahomes turnovers, but three first-half turnovers, all in Washington territory, one in a goal-to-go situation, another in the red zone, no problem, 31-13 to Chiefs. So, in other words, they gave Washington every chance to stay in this game, and Washington couldn't do anything about it. That was kind of the story of that game. Kansas City at Tennessee is an interesting line. So Buffalo, what's Buffalo? Six, five and a half, somewhere in that pocket tonight? Yeah. Chris, you Going up, though. You guys have six and a half now, right? Yeah. Six and a half? Because I know the vulnerability tonight on uh, a Buffalo blowout. Oh, yeah. So that's a a South Point specific thing at six and a half. Well, so far. So far. So if they're six and a half, I mean, Kansas City's got to be favored by more than a field goal. I'll say three and a half. And maybe I'm light on that at the Titans. Well, actually, you are a little light. I see four and a half on the game. I got to tell you, my numbers only come to two and a half. Yeah. I still am, I still it's, think there's a little something missing it, out of Kansas it's City. It's funny you say that because the only reason I said three and a half is because of the game yeah. tonight. And I figured it had to be higher than I would init- my initial instinct would be. Because I probably would have said two and a half if I didn't have that as a barometer. Yeah, I you know, I still think there's still a little something missing out of Kansas City. So I see four and a half really like a blanket. I'm going to open four, uh, see what they want to do with that. They might lay it to me. I guess, you know, some guys out there will do that. But uh, I, I think you kind of hit on it. They gave Washington a lot of opportunities oh, yeah. to get in the game or perhaps win the game. I have, That was one of the games I watched quite a bit in the morning. It's, it's hard for me to watch every one of them, but I watched that one. I kept thinking, you know, all those numbers for Kansas City sound great. They just did not look all that great to me. Um, this is the theme now, though, isn't it, with them? Yeah, they, you know, this is, but, you know, for a long time they didn't cover numbers. They've covered, I think, two weeks in a row now as uh, as favorites. Uh, they might cover this game, too. But I, I just, I don't think they're as good as advertised. I think we're looking at, you know, kind of the past two years and, Thinking they're that same team. I don't think they are. So that's, yes, yeah, so that's what I was going to get at. So last year, remember, even on their their drive to the Super Bowl, which they obviously ended up getting crushed in, but we always said last year, huh, because we had the previous year as a sort of sure. most recent memory on them. We were like, oh, they seem to play up and down to their competition. Yeah. And I remember when I said that to Aaron Schatz on the Megapod from Football Outsiders, he's like, okay, easy with the up and down to competition. Maybe they're just not that good, uh-huh. which was interesting. And then this year... The whole thing is, okay, well, if they could just clean up those Mahomes interceptions, but now it's kind of his thing almost. He had a couple yesterday, right? 
He had a couple. One wasn't his fault, but yeah. one was at the end of the first half was horrific. Like, what does he do? It was like Jameis couldn't have been more proud. Yeah. You know, it's like, what are you doing throwing that ball up in the air? Yeah, by the way, his QBR yesterday, 51.3, uh, which is, you know, a, a tick above average, but a tick below what we're used to out of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, it's like Lombardi says about some other people. You know, you're not allowed to talk bad about Patrick Mahomes. I, I think he's kind of been, I mean... He has not been good this year. Coming back to earth a yes. little bit. Yeah. He has not been good this year. He's been very loose with the football. Um, so far, though, I don't know what I like, which might be a good thing. Yeah, I don't see it. Nothing, I, yeah. you know, a half point here or there, you yeah. know, but nothing jumps out to me. Nothing massive. We'll come back. Still many more to go. Numbers Game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Skill Alexander, Chrissy Andrews here as well, Jeff Parlay. By the way, greatest thing in sports yesterday, the ladies' final at Indian Wells. Paula Bedosa over Victoria Azarenka. Not because we crushed on it, but because that was sports at its finest. High-level tennis, overcoming mental moments, phenomenal. That said, no one seemed to tweet about it today. Hmm, interesting. Uh, this is a tweet from, uh, from Truck, Truck1223. Anyone else wondering where the taunting flag was on C.D. Lamb? Should it have nullified the overtime touchdown? No, 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 no. Could you imagine if they I had done that? I could only wish. <laughs> the revolt of the country against that kind of thing. First of all, CeeDee Lamb, he taunted, but then dude pushed him, right? He deserved he it. He deserved it, right? Yeah. But it's at the same time, they're not gonna, the game's over. You can't game. No, they're, not, they're never going to do that. Nor should they, but boy, I wish they would have last night. <laughs> would have been nice. All right, Jeff, what's next? What a great game we have now. The Atlanta Falcons at the Miami Dolphins. Oh, well, this gives me a chance to talk about the London game anyway. Atlanta coming off a bye. Remember, there were four byes last week. Um, Atlanta coming off a bye. They're two and three. Miami loses in London to London's finest, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who play a game there every year. Tua in his return, 33 of 47 for 329, two touchdowns, one pick. He was not sacked. Gesicki did throw. That pick was awful, though, the one that he threw. Gesicki, 8 for 115. Waddle, 10 for 70 and two touchdowns. Dolphins were 9 of 17 on third down. They were 1 of 2 on fourth. However, um, this game was just unbelievable how Urban, <laughs> Urban Meyer got away with such ridiculous stuff. Jaguars win at 23 to 20. The Jaguars snapped their 20-game losing streak for a franchise. 20-game losing streak. Uh, they snap it. On a 53-yarder to win it from Matthew Wright uh, at the gun, as they used to say. That came after a corkscrew 54-yarder with 345 left, tied it. One of these field goals where it was like five, it seemed like it was like four or five feet yeah. outside the upright oh, and, yeah. and came back in a great draw. Anyway, uh, fourth and one at the Miami nine, up 17 to 13. Fourth and one at the Miami nine, up 17 to 13. Again, they have a six-foot-six-inch quarterback, last I checked, in Trevor Lawrence. No sneak, stuffed. They went for it. Miami drives for the go-ahead touchdown at that point to go up 20-17, to 17, just going backwards in time. Because when you've lost 20 in a row as a franchise and five in a row to start the season, you just can't kick a field goal to go up seven at that point. It drives me nuts. Like, no, Urban, that's, that's when you kick the field goal. That's the thing that drives me crazy. The coaches who are inconsistent and don't know when they're supposed to go for it and not – um, by the way, full allotment of timeouts. The last sequence of this game, 
Urban Meyer got bailed out yesterday. Full allotment of timeouts. All that they're trying to kick the game-winning field goal. They just let the clock keep going down to five seconds. I'm like, what are you doing? Use a timeout. What are you doing? They wait till it gets to five seconds left to use one, but they get away with it when they're granted a timeout with one second left, only four seconds on the final play. So Urban looks like, oh, he planned it so perfectly. Sure. Please. He completely didn't know what he was doing, and they got bailed out before the game-winning kick. So congratulations to the Jaguars. By the way, after the game, Urban Meyer was addressing his team. I don't know if you saw this footage. And he was like, you know, be always be grateful because you guys do things that, that other human beings can. Everybody was all aboard on that. And then he goes, and we're going to turn this around in Jacksonville. And this is going to be, we're going to really bring it up. And I can't remember what the Jacksonville area code was, 904, I can't remember what it was. And uh, you could see the football, everybody on the Jaguars looking up at him. <laughs> you could see their bubble clouds like, yeah, I don't know about that one, coach. <laughs> That's what, I, that's what I read into it. Anyway. Quick little blurb about <laughs> Urban Meyer. Within, I think, a half an hour after he got hired, I got a text from somebody who kind of knows the situation. This will be a disaster. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for him. He staved off firing, at least for one more week. Miami, minus two and a half, I'll say. Hosting Miami, Atlanta. two and a half? Oh, what, my way off? Your way off. I see Atlanta, two and a half. My numbers wow. come to, I mean, I really downgraded Miami. I've, I mean, go look, they're, they're dropping off a cliff. By the way, Tua, 62.2 QBR. Yeah. Very good QBR. Yeah, he was good. The, I was the surprised one pick it was, was so high. The pick was awful, but well, everything else was good. Yeah, everything else yeah. was really pretty good. But I still downgraded them tremendously. My numbers, you know, point spread, wise, uh, power rating wise, come to Atlanta half. And as soon as I made Atlanta half, I said, well, I don't think I've downgraded Miami enough. And I think that's right. So two and a half is the number. Uh, Atlanta the favorite. And I think that's what I'm going to open. i got to go back and reevaluate that power rating on Miami because I, I think uh, even though I downgraded them tremendously, I did not downgrade them enough. So I, I, I didn't make that two and a half, but I'm going to use two and a half. I, wow. I want no part of Miami. I'm way off on that one. Especially coming off a bye. I think that might help Atlanta a little bit. Well, that is the thing, right? Atlanta has extra rest, and Miami is coming back from London. True. And so most people, uh, by the way, for anyone who's wondering, hey, wait a minute, don't don't teams get byes after the London game? It's the team's choice. Right. And Miami decided when they got scheduled for a London game, they're like, nope, we don't want the bye this early. Put the bye late. We'll play right after this. And from and on an, as, as an East Coast team, maybe that makes sense. Not terrible. Not terrible. So, interesting. Atlanta favored by two. Wow. Yeah. What's next? That feels like a game I'm going to want absolutely nothing to do nothing. with or watch. <laughs> nothing whatsoever. Uh, That'll be in the upper right-hand corner of my TV's uh, <laughs> array. Matt, so, Matt so, Brown, my uh, co-host on Primetime, calls it an ancillary screen, he says. <laughs> yes. Ancillary, auxiliary, whichever mm-hmm. one you want to, whatever one you want to pick. All right, so a, a quick note here, a little bit of an alteration in the order because we need to have all the time in the world to talk about Dallas and New England later. So we're going to one, we're going to a game that's going to start at 4.05 Eastern here. Okay. And it is the triumphant return to L.A. for Jared Goff and the winless Lions going to the Rams. Are we supposed to say revenge game? Make it interesting. Detroit ends up being the last winless team in football. I was wrong about that too. Thought it'd be Jacksonville. Nope, it's Detroit. What's funny is at the beginning of the year, if I had said, hey, Detroit's going to be 0-6, that Dan, you're, we're going to think Dan Campbell's the worst coach in the league, aren't we? I was like, I actually feel better about Dan Campbell than I did before the I season do started. I and, do, too. And yet they're 0-6. Yeah. They lose to the Bengals in a game that was largely unwatchable. 
Goff, 28 of 42 for 202. No touchdowns, one pick. He was sacked once. Detroit only ended up with 15 first downs, only 228 total yards, only 36 rushing yards. They have led, Detroit has, this season in football games for a grand total of 7 minutes and 34 seconds. Let me say that again. They've led for a grand total of 7 minutes and 34 seconds. That's out of 360 minutes of football. Uh, The Rams, as we mentioned, uh, beat the Giants. The Rams are now 41-0 under Sean McVay when they have a halftime lead. Dan Campbell on golf postgame, quote, and and he really took time before he picked his words, I feel he needs to step up more than he has, unquote. You could tell he wanted to kill him, but then he thought better of himself. Rams yesterday, sorry, I'm doing this out of order. Rams yesterday, Stafford, 22 of 28 for 251, four touchdowns, one pick, sack twice. Henderson Jr., 21 for 78 on the ground and a touchdown, two catches for 29 and a touchdown through the air. Cup, nine for 130 and two touchdowns. As I mentioned, the Rams plus two in turnovers. They turned the ball over twice, but four Giants turnovers yesterday. They outscored the Giants 28 to nothing in that fateful second quarter. As I mentioned, uh, Daniel Jones giving them short fields. 28 to nothing in the second quarter. That ain't Doug Williams' Super Bowl second quarter, 35 to nothing against the Broncos, but it's close. Okay, Detroit's at the Rams. It's at the Rams. Yeah. Uh, Rams by 14. A little light. Uh, it's 15, 15 and a half. I'm opening 15 and a half. Uh, my power ratings actually come to 16 and a half. A little more diminishing returns here. Uh, by the way, Jared Goff, 13.3 was his QBR yesterday. Pretty pretty abysmal. I'm sure he's uh, thankful to Daniel Jones for having a worse one because that was yeah. the second worst. Um, Matthew Stafford, 71.2. I told you I have this you know, very elementary grading system, and the Rams jumped up to number three after that performance yesterday. You know, So this is, this is a really viable team, well-coached, good quarterback, maybe a great quarterback. And uh, a great defense. So this is a great team. Um, I'm not sure how high you want to go. Again, the diminishing returns thing. So I'm going to open 15 and a half. But I'll say this for Dan Campbell. Uh, a, lot of these, a lot of these coaches want to baby their quarterbacks. You know, he doesn't come from that school, you could tell. And that might be a good thing. Because I think Goff, he needs a little kick in the butt. And one of the things I said about Detroit this year made him less than the worst is that they had Goff, who was a veteran quarterback, could pull him out, but he's not pulling out anything right now. Not pulling out anything. We'll come back. More guessing lines. Numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. It is Gil Alexander. Chrissy Andrews here as well. Jeff Parlay. This is guessing lines for number seven in the National Football League. And the exercise designed to try to extract value. First look at the upcoming week's games. And, uh, yeah, so far, not so much. You should be all in on the Dolphins your way. Yeah, I should be. Get out of my way, Chris. I, I want to go bet them. Yeah. Please. Like George Costanza, you to the side to bet the Dolphins? No. No. All right, Jeff, you went out of order because apparently the Patriots are coming up. Yeah, I I, I now have the uh, the always uh, the fun one of uh, everyone's getting trampled going to the window betting the Dolphins this week. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, stuck in my head now. Uh, look, uh, it, the next game is the Jets at the Patriots, but I – who cares about this game? Let's just hear what you have to say about whatever that was in Foxborough yesterday, Gil. Well, Jets are coming off extra rest here. They're one and four. You're New York Jets, Jeffrey. And then New England falls to two and four yesterday, losing to the Cowboys in overtime. 
So let's all topsy this for a second. Oh. Uh, we really have to. <laughs> this was this your worst. This was your worst game. I'll tell you right now, if if New England holds on, which I thought they were going to, we'd probably break even for the day. Wow, that's how big. I I, I remember telling Michael how bad we needed this game. I think we'd have broke broken even for the that day. That would have taken you from your worst day ever at the South Point to breaking to break even. even. So thirty five twenty nine. And you know what? I even knew that before. Contra- <laughs> Private joke. We don't want to get into You don't that. want to tell that story? I don't want to tell that right now. No. It's <laughs> great. All right. So the Cowboys <laughs> win at 35 to 29 in overtime. But well, let's go to the beginning here. So first quarter, Dallas has a fourth and one from their own 34, less than three minutes into the game. And Mike McCarthy decides, you know what? We should go for this. Why? What are you doing? What? It's zero, zero. What? Do, why? Uh, Hightower stuff, Zeke. Because I heard the smart guys go for it on fourth down. That's why. <laughs> that's Well, you see, that's what the thing is with guys like McCarthy. And this is why you can't. Let me just break out over on This is why you cannot bet on the Cowboys on a future ticket. You cannot buy a future ticket on the Cowboys because you know. We said this last week, too. You know Mike McCarthy is going to torpedo them in the postseason with something like this. So anyway, they go for it or some other ridiculous decision he makes. They go for it, fourth and one from their own 34, less than three minutes into the game. Of course, Hightower stuff. Zeke, three plays later, seven to nothing Patriots. Then up 14 to seven, the Patriots pick Dak after a 13-play drive that spanned the first and second quarters. Okay. Then the Cowboys block a Sheik Bailey punt. Luke Gifford blocks it with 434 left in the half. You're like, okay, well, after all that, the Cowboys are going to get back in the game. Nope. Seven plays later, Dak fumbles at the goal line. Bentley knocks it out. By the way, after a third down play at the doorstep where I have no idea how they didn't give Dallas a touchdown. None whatsoever. Uh, You see he's over the goal line. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. So let's review that. Three times inside the red zone in the second quarter for Dallas, they get a grand total of three points. So if you're a Cowboys backer at this point, you're like, I cannot believe this is happening. And if you're a Patriots backer, you're like, we got this. Belichick magic. Dallas misses a 51-yard field goal. Now, this is, let's go to, to the end of the game, towards the end of the game. 247 left. Fourth and one at the New England 34. Dallas misses a 51-yard field goal. They should have never even attempted in the first place. They get, tw- it's, it's, I don't know what McCarthy is doing, but it's like, what are you doing, McCarthy? You're screaming. Because if you go for it, you get a first down. Then you can just kick with no time left, right? You milk the clock down. You kick the game winner. Bingo, bango, Cowboys win. And if you make the field goal at that point, who cares? You're only up two points with 242 left in the game. Instead, it stays 21 to 20. All right. Then the Patriots get the ball back. They're up 21 to 20. Now, this is the play that people will forget. On There's a play where they have a delay of game. So because they get a delay of game, they're put, they're put into a passing situation. And so Mac Jones proceeds to throw it, and Trayvon Diggs mm. does it again. Pick six. This is all at the end of the game. Pick six. That delay of game will be forgotten. But a pick six to the house. Uh, he now has, by the way, Trayvon, more touchdowns this year than his brother, Stefan. And they fail on the two-point conversion, so it stays 26-21. to 21. So at this point, you're probably losing your mind, Chris, needing the Patriots. I Yeah. Yes, I'm usually not that volatile. I was a little volatile here. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing now. The next play from scrimmage for the Patriots, 
a double move on Diggs. Oh, you want to be Mr. Pick Six? Yeah. Watch this. Double move, and then Jones throws it to Kendrick Bourne. Bourne's only catch of the day, 75 yards to the house. By the way, it's the longest play of the year for the Patriots. And I'm not so sure Mac Jones should have even thrown the ball. The safety was right there. Complete luck. Yeah, he took a bad angle. It's but terrible. so did Diggs. Yeah, both they both took bad angles on the play. And and there you go. Um it's it's a touchdown for the Patriots. And all of a sudden, here we are again, 29-26 Patriots. Subsequent drive, Dallas converts a fourth and four at their own 35 with 128 left. That was for the game on a sick catch by Cedric Wilson. Dallas only had two timeouts left at that point. That was for everything, and Cedric Wilson just made a game-saving catch. Then third and 25, Dak to Lamb for 24 of them. And it's fourth and one at the New England 31. Instead of milking it to the end, McCarthy quickly calls timeout. Got to call it quick. He doesn't go for it. Zerline makes a 49-yarder with 20 seconds left. Who knows, by the way, if McCarthy even knew it was fourth down because the previous down counted because New England yeah. accepted an after-the-play penalty. He probably thought he got the down back. I mean, the number of things that were happening in this game is ridiculous. By the way, and after all that, Dallas covers an OT. They just march down the field uh, after New England was stopped. And C.D. Lamb taunts his way into the end zone. And, of course, goodbye, New England. Goodbye, New England betters. New England allowed 567 yards, the most by the franchise in a single game since 1986. They dropped to 102-3 and all-time at Gillette when leading at the half. Mac Jones ends up 15 of 21, only 15 completions for 229, two touchdowns, one pick. He was sacked twice. He completed his first 10 passes of the game, but ends up 15 of 21. Damian Harris, 18 for 101 and a touchdown on the ground. By the way, they also overcame, Dallas did, 12 penalties for 115 yards. Very undisciplined Dallas Cowboys team. And yet Dak Prescott gets it done. Can we flash up that Dak Prescott tweet? This, this, is, this is incredible. We actually have a couple of them, but the more impressive one, uh, Jeff, not the Ed Word, the other one. This is an unbelievable stat. Before we get to your uh, my number and your number here, Chris. This is from Bobby Belt. Highest passer rating, minimum 60 attempts in NFL history when the game is tied in the fourth quarter or overtime. Look at that. Fifth, Aaron Rodgers. This is out of 158.3. Fourth, Andrew Luck. Wow. Three, Vinny Testaverde at 108.6. Second, Rich Gannon. Apparently, when he was with Oakland, he did really well on this. 111.6. And first is Dak Prescott by a mile, 148.3, meaning he's nearly perfection. Yeah, you know how much I love Andrew Luck. He's only fourth, and I love Andrew Luck. Yeah, but Dak Prescott, 148.3. That's an incredible stat. That that is incredible. Anyway, all of that to say, I put New England no man's land here, minus five and a half hosting the Jets. Whoa. Oh, is that way off? What is it? It's seven. My, my at seven, I see with some juice on the dog. My power range come to eleven and a half. I think the Whoa. Jets are just horrible. Again, I'm That's looking wailing. at QBR. Of course, the yeah. Jets didn't play this last week, so yeah. I can't have Wilson's QBR from last week. But he's thirty second in the league at QBR. Twenty two point something. Where am I at? Twenty two point six. I think they're going to kill this kid this week. You know, forget the, yeah. I mean. I'm going to open seven because, like I said, I see seven with juice on the dog. I don't want to open seven and a half yet. But if I see that ticking up, I'm going straight up on this one. I'm going straight up. That that and we still have a couple minutes yeah, left yeah. here. Uh-huh. That game was so brutal for me. I mean, but do you watch Ted Lasso at all? 
I don't have Apple, but I You don't have Apple. Okay. Jeff, you watch Ted Lasso? You know, Coach Beard? That's my Jimmy Vaccaro. As soon as, you know, when the, when the Patriots scored to go up one and they're going for two, Jimmy's just laying back on the couch. I hope they missed the two. <laughs> you know, you know, Jeff's laughing. And if you know Coach Beard, it's yeah. kind of like something that he would say, you know. Just completely nonchalantly. Nonchalantly. Just something that's obviously really important. Yeah, too. while he's reading a book on Kafka. Exactly. Oh, Jimmy's not doing that. But, you know, he's, who knows where his thought process is. But he's, be better off if they miss this too. <laughs> was that one from two weeks ago? I was like, do we need this kid? Do we need that? <laughs> that was like about a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Do we need that one kid? What do you think, Jimmy? We're all going nuts in here. <laughs> the, uh, the exact quote was, was, was that bad for us? Was that bad for us? I'm sorry. sorry I threw a pick six. Was that bad for us? <laughs> was that bad for us? <laughs> so you put what in the end? Seven, you said? I'm going to use seven just because I see seven with some juice on the dog. But like I said, if I see it going up, I'm going up. I think Belichick kills this poor kid this week. It, yeah. It, I think, you know, New England's this close. They're this close to being a playoff contending team. I guess. I mean, we have to leave some time at the end to talk teaser legs and survivor because Patriots, obviously we had that that Rams line from earlier. Um, there's going to be a bunch of candidates for survivor. This, this Survivor this week is going to be much more splintered, it feels like. Um, so we, by the way, I, yeah. just real quick on my grading system that I tell you, I, I know it's very rudimentary, especially this early in the season. I have Jets third from the bottom. I mean, they're they're just horrible. They're a horrible team. Sorry, Parlay. Jeff they Parlay, are. Jets fan. Do you do you trust the Patriots here against the Jets? Problem is, how are the Jets going to score more than ten points? That's really the issue. Mm. What a mark on New England for me. I I, I would lay the seven. You would. Okay. All right. That Patriots Cowboys game, one of the again poster child poster children of, of what we've said. We bet on this. I think if I suggested that for the Beeson store, they would uh, put that in there. <laughs> Gil, we're not going to do that shirt because that's kind of against what we do. Oh, okay, you're probably right. We'll come back more afternoon games, guessing lines, and numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. 
you'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A couple of notes that we should sort of circle back on. One, and I can't remember the second one now, but Jets at Patriots. Is this the first rematch of a game this season already? This is the first second division game I think we've had on the schedule? That That is correct. Yeah. yeah. What was the first one, Jeff? Uh, 25-6, New England won in a game where the Jets, uh, Zach Wilson threw four picks. The Jets' offense couldn't move the ball. Salah kicked the field goal down by 21 in the fourth quarter. It was, it was the whole ball <laughs> wax for them. Well, listen, you got to cut it to 18 at that point. <laughs> yeah. You just have to. I can't remember what the other point was, but yeah. I'm sure I'll you got to go from three scores to three scores. You have to. If you have that opportunity, you got to do it. All right, what's next? It's actually a pretty intriguing game just down the road from us. Four oh uh, five Eastern start. Philadelphia at Las Vegas. Two and four Eagles, and the four and two Las Vegas Raiders. So the Raiders and the Chargers tied atop the AFC West at four and two. Chiefs at three and three. Philadelphia. They've got extra rest here. They lost to the Buccaneers. While we were watching the Giants and the Dodgers, the Eagles were playing the Buccaneers. Uh, Jalen Hurts, twelve of twenty six. Twelve four twenty six in that game for one hundred fifteen passing yards. That's it. One touchdown, one pick. He was sacked twice, but 10 carries for 44 yards, two touchdowns, 16 total first downs for the Eagles in that game, 213 total yards. That is all. Out time of possession, if you will, 39-56 to 20-04. And yet, were it not for a taunting call and uh, one big conversion, third and seven on that Bucks last drive, the Eagles have a chance to win it maybe at the end. They lose it 28-22. to and then there's the Raiders. The first game in the post-John Gruden era yesterday, the Raiders go into Denver and pretty much beat them good. I want to say crush, but beat them good. 34-24. Yeah. to 24. was a little deceiving. A little Wasn't deceiving. Close. Yeah. Denver's done that a couple times now, right? Mm-hmm. They did it with Pittsburgh, cosmetic final. Derek Carr, 18 of 27 for 341. Two touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked twice. And as is with the case with Carr, and we talk about this a little with Todd Wright when we talk fantasy, it's always spread around. Ruggs, three for 97 and a touchdown. Edwards, two of 67. Waller, five for 59. Drake, four for 34 and a touchdown on the ground. Two for 39 and a touchdown receiving. Jacobs, 16 for 53 and a touchdown. Turnovers, as always. If you had access to the box score and you could see the turnover margin, you'd probably go 90% on NFL games. The Raiders were plus four in turnovers. That, of course, Help them along. I will say the Raiders will be four-point favorites at home against the Eagles. Once again, if you're playing uh, guessing the lines bingo, I like your number better. It's three pretty much solid everywhere. So I'm going to open three really? just because you know, we don't mess with the threes if we don't have to. We've got plenty of times we have to. Uh, my power ratings come to five on this game. But let me let me tell you right now, I'm, here's what I would worry a little bit. I think you saw last week the Raiders – you know, whatever the Gruden stuff did, you know, I know we talk about numbers here. 
seem to be distracted. They seem to be distracted. Yesterday seemed like the exact opposite. I don't know if they wanted to prove a point or whatever. They were on an emotional high yesterday. I know what you're going to say. Now it's the comeback. Pendulum swinging, yeah. and I'm worried about that. So my power ratings come to five. I'm not sure I like – and as soon as I wrote down the five, I said, boy – I bet against the Raiders plus the five. And not that I love Philly because I don't. I don't think they're a very good team right now. But I, I kind of don't have a beef with the three right right now. I don't know if they're going to come down from that big emotional high. I think they might. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with three. Not really dicker with that right now. Dicker. Dicker. Put that on Doubt your – it. You got a piece of that dried corn. Put that on your bingo card. I mentioned – I just remembered the other thing I wanted to note. I mentioned when the Lions were 0-6 – that they have led for a grand total of seven minutes and 34 seconds of game time this season. Uh, Las Vegas Chris t- texting in. He is from Detroit. He knows his Lions stuff. <laughs> he points out that the Lions have not taken an offensive snap with the lead this year. Whoa. So think about that. So every time they've taken a lead, it has quickly gone, <laughs> gone the other way. Witness Minnesota, for instance, last week. Uh, let me... Uh, Highest QBR of the day yesterday, Derek Carr, 85.2. He's an MVP candidate. You know, I hate to tell you, you know, I was just looking at total QBR for the year. He's ahead of Dak Prescott. I think he which, is. Which shows you QBR is not like right. God's gift to power ratings, you know, but it, it means a little something. You remember how many times you would talk about QBR when we did this on the uh, on the uh, podcast and we'd be like, how in the heck did they come up with that number? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so he's, he's like four or five points ahead of Dak Prescott. So, Ignore that last panel that you showed. Well, I mean, but they're both, but it is what it is. They're yeah. both MVP candidates now, for sure. He's played well. He had a couple of down games, but he's overall he's played very well. Jeff, and the Eagles are just pesky enough. Like I want to bet the Raiders here, but you know, caution. Next, Jalen Hurts, the best garbage time quarterback in the NFL. It's not even close. By the way, he's phenomenal when the game's already decided. Taking so. over the Blake Bortles mantle. <laughs> yeah, eh, a little bit, a little bit there. Um, Chicago at Tampa Bay. Chicago loses to Green Bay. We already talked about that. Justin Fields, 16 of 27 for 174. That ain't pretty. One touchdown, one pick, sacked four times. Did have six carries, 43 yards. Khalil Herbert, 19 carries for 97 yards and a touchdown. First time we've ever mentioned Khalil Herbert out of Va Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech, 19 to 97 for a touchdown. Tom Brady uh, against the Eagles. Again, extra rest from last Thursday. Brady was 34 of 42 for 297. Speaking of MVP candidates, I would still put Brady. If I was making the market on this, he'd be the short shot because he's 44 and anything he does is going to be yeah. the narrative. Two touchdowns, one pick, sack zero times. <laughs> he looks as good as he ever has. It's, he really does. It's insane. It, it's unbelievable. Like I said, he's two years shy of George Blanda <laughs> age, and George Blanda looked like he was 105 years old. <laughs> Fournette, 22 of 81 on the ground, two touchdowns, six catches, 46. Antonio Brown was nine for 93 and a touchdown. O.J. Howard caught six balls for 49 yards and a touchdown, and they couldn't. Philadelphia could not get Tampa off the field. They were seven of 13 on third downs. So this is a massive spread, too. Speaking of survivor candidates, Chicago at Tampa Bay. I'll say Tampa Bay minus 13. Uh, I see one thirteen. I see mostly 13 and a half. Nailed it. Our ratings come to 12 and a half. Hmm. Um, I don't know. You know, Justin Fields, I told you where uh, Wilson had the lowest QBR overall. Justin Fields, second lowest. Surprised yeah. to see that. Uh, what was he yesterday? 40.6, one of his better performances. 
And, of course, Brady's Brady. Yeah. <laughs> even, even though they didn't cover against the Eagles. Um, uh, right now, I think I'm going to open 13. You know, I'm going to open that. There's 13 and a half. It's close, but I think I'm going to go with 13 and a half. Tight one, though. Like you bring up these rookie quarterbacks. I'm just trying to think. This was our last one this segment, by the way. Yes, I already ran it. This, when you think about Wilson and Lawrence, who have started from day one, yeah, and then Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac, oh, and Mac Jones, of course, who started yeah. from day one because of the Cam Newton. By the way, Cam Newton available. Everybody's vaccinated. He wants to get back in football. Should mention that. No, no one. Okay. Um, who's the best of the bunch to you right now? Well, I got to tell you. You know, I was not crazy about Trevor Lawrence. It's, he looks like he's figuring it out. I think you're right. I think it's Trevor yeah, Lawrence. I think he's figuring it out. Uh, he, I, last two games in a row, I've been impressed with Trevor Lawrence, and I, and I was slow to jump on that bandwagon. But I think he's starting to figure things out in this league. Well, Urban Meyer finally recognized that he had Robinson in the backfield, like after two <laughs> after two games, right? Like that was a huge thing for them to discover. Drafted. Yeah. Etienne, remember, like he just like ignored Robinson completely, even from the draft, and so I think that helps a lot. But I think it is Trevor Lawrence. He's not surrounded by oh my god, no, by anything, no, you know? nothing at all. But he he looks he, he looks very accurate. He looks very composed. You know, he he looks like he's going to be around for a while as a star quarterback. But he plays for Jacksonville. But he plays for Jacksonville. But he plays for Jacksonville. And again, I'll say it for the millionth time. That is the one thing we never appreciate about the NFL. Like, it, it's, it's so different from other sports. NBA talent's always going to sure. show itself. But the situation you end up in yeah. defines careers, defines legacy, defines how we feel about guys. I, I've said it on this show a million times, Andrew Luck. I mean, I think yeah. the Colts ruined this kid. I think he'd have been in the conversation as the greatest quarterback of all time, not saying he would be, but he'd be in the conversation had he been with an organization that protected him, and developed the running game, and knew how to how to handle this kid instead of him retiring at 29 years old because of injuries. Fortunately, we will never know. We'll Coming never back, know. guessing lines, numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. This Sean Taylor retirement ceremony in D.C. yesterday, it's like they dedicated a road to him outside, yeah. and there's like porta potties behind him. Daniel Snyder's wearing a hoodie. You know, it's like hastily put together. I will say it completely cynically as a distraction to the email thing. They're like, oh, let's retire Sean Taylor's jersey quick. Jesus. It's uh, yeah. just they I mean, cannot do anything right. And they're investigating Washington. And the only guy gets punished is it's John, John Gruden. Gruden. <laughs> I mean, that's. And, I'm not, and we're not condoning John Gruden's no, part no, of this. Not at, at all. all. No. We want to make that clear. But, yes, the fact that he's the one ensnared yeah. and Daniel Snyder's just chilling, man. Shows you once you're in that billionaire boys club, they ain't throwing you out. Apparently not. Jeffrey? Unless you're Donald Sterling. Unless you're Donald <laughs> Sterling. And, yes, he deserved to be thrown out. Yes, sir. All right. In a game that I hope Chris says you're too light on. No. <laughs> the Houston Texans on the road at Arizona. Oh, man. Oh, this is going to be a survivor week to oh, behold. Yeah. People are going to be all over the place. Houston at Arizona. Okay. I'm already calculating. So Davis Mills yesterday, Houston gets beat by Indianapolis. Most people, the majority of people had Indianapolis and survivor like myself yesterday. Again, no one lost in survivor except for like seven Dolphins players and 10 who didn't show. <laughs> Uh, Davis Mills was 29 of 43 in defeat, 243 yards, no touchdowns, two picks, sacked twice. His first pick, though, really changed the game early in the second half. This is where it gets back to 
you know, we see the results of games. The Colts end up beating the Texans 31 to 3. But if you're really being honest, those of us who have the Colts, we had a 10 to 3 lead, and it was still very much up in the air. And then Davis Mills throws the pick uh, in the second half, deep in Houston's own territory. It was Darius Leonard who picked it off. Indy scored two plays later. So it goes from 10 to 3 to 17 to 3. And that's sort of when the route was on. Uh, Ingram, 18 for 73 on the ground. Cooks, nine catches for 89 yards. They do have two legit ball players in Ingram and Cooks. Uh, Texans were 9 of 17 on third down. They were 1 of 2 on fourth, but minus three in turnovers. I mean, that's the story, period. Minus three in turnovers. They had three. Indy had none. Then there's Arizona. Arizona, without their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, who had COVID, and without others on the coaching staff, pardon me, they go in and they stomp Cleveland. Cleveland is just decimated with injuries, as we talked about earlier. Kyler Murray, 20 of 30 for 229, four touchdowns, no picks, sacked twice. His first career game with four touchdowns and no picks. Wow. First career game. A.J. Green, 5 for 79 and a touchdown. Christian Kirk, 5 for 75 and a touchdown. DeAndre, 3 for 55, two touchdowns. They were 8 of 15 on third down, 1 of 1 on fourth, plus 3 in turnovers, as we mentioned in that game, were the Cardinals, plus 3 in turnovers. They have scored 30-plus points in five of their six games this season. The only undefeated team in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals, 6-0, and hosting the 1-5 Texans, who won opening day and haven't won since. Arizona minus 17. Sorry, Parlay. He's right on. It's 17. Because so, um, he, he goaded me, so I knew I had to go high. <laughs> My power ratings come to 19 and a half. I mean, it's hard to go over 17 in it this is. league. It really is. So diminishing returns once again. But I, I, I think 17's okay. Uh, Davis Mills, who I thought might be okay, he's the third from the bottom is in total QBR. Who was bottom again? Uh, Jones? No, Wilson. Oh, Wilson. Wilson. You're talking about for the season. For yeah. the season. Oh, okay. Uh, Wilson and, and then Justin Fields, uh, second of the bottom, and this kid's third. Well, I just, you know, and, you know, Cardinals, you know, I've been slow to come around on Murray, slow to come around on the Cardinals. My grading system, they have the second highest grade in in my system for the year. And, uh, I mean, it's not perfect, but it's something to look at. And I'll tell you, I'm starting to become a believer. This team is really good. I thought they had a lot going against them yesterday. And, uh, boy, they just trounced Cleveland, trounced, trounced them. them. Another MVP candidate, Murray, right? Yeah. We didn't mention Rodgers. There's so many of them. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, how about Josh Allen? We're going to see Josh Allen. You know? Right. How about Derrick Henry? Does he have a chance? Derrick Henry. Yeah, he might. What about, what about Diggs? If Diggs keeps picking off passes? Oh, man. I'll never forgive him for that one yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he made up for it on the next play. Yes, he did. Double move. I'll show you. Double move you. All right. So 17. 17. Jeff goaded me. I had, I had advanced warning. All right, now we're at the uh, prime time. Yeah, I guess this game technically is a single window game. I uh, kind of surprised the NFL didn't flex this one out, but uh, look at Indianapolis at San Francisco on Sunday night. Are we yet at the flex portion of yeah, the I don't season? Think they're flexing. No, it. you you can start technically flexing in week five. Really, it's very rare that you see an early season flex game. Wait, what was this game now? Indy at San Francisco. Okay, so Indy, we just talked about beat the Texans. Carson Wentz completed a grand total of 11 passes in this game yesterday. He was 11 of 20. Getting back to that whole thing that I'm talking about, it's like, okay, let's be honest, 31 to 3, but it wasn't because of Carson Wentz. 11 of 20 for 223, two touchdowns, no picks. That's key. Was sacked twice. 
Jonathan Taylor, 14 for 145 Mm -hmm. and two touchdowns. Remember, I told you again, the Darius Leonard pick, the Colts scored right after that to make it 17 to three. Well, Taylor had an 83 yard scamper after that, that set up a Colts touchdown three plays later that took him from 17 to three to 24 to three. So really it was two huge plays for the Colts. They only had 15 first downs. They were three of 10 on third. They were one of one on fourth. They were plus three in turnovers though. As we said, that's all that matters. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, his triumphant return, four catches for 80 yards. He actually looked pretty key for Indianapolis. And then San Francisco, who's two and three, they're coming off a bye week. They're at home here. I believe it will be Jimmy Garoppolo because we know that Trey Lance is going to need some time. And I think Jimmy was ready to come back anyway. So I think we're getting Garoppolo here and just sort of dovetailing or just picking up on my theme that the Colts really didn't crush the Texans that badly were it not for the Leonard pick and that one Taylor run, I would say San Francisco has got to be more than a three-point favorite. I will say San Francisco by four. Uh, it's three and a half, and this pretty much is just moving as we speak. It was four last night. It was four sitting there all morning. It's three and a half now. I'm gonna taking go Colts money. Yeah, taking Colts mm. money. Uh, my power ratings come to the Niners one and a half. I give them one point for home field. I don't even know why I give them that, to be honest with you. Um, I, this Niners team's lost three in a row. I mean, they they won their first two games of the season. They've they, I know they're coming off a bye. They're not playing well. You know, sometimes you just get a hunch on something. I got a hunch the Colts are ready to put it all together. I, you know, and I'm not going so much out, uh, off of yesterday's game. Interesting. You know, so I looked at their schedule. So they I I mean I think they got a great chance of beating the Niners uh, this coming week. After that, they're home to the Texans, home to the Jets. Home to the Jaguars. That's the Niners? Or the Colts? That's the Colts. Oh, wow. I got a hunch this team's about to go on a roll. Say that again. Who do they have after this? After the Niners, they're home to the Titans, home to the Jets, home to the Jaguars. All right. Well, the Jets and Jaguars are interesting. Okay. You know, but I'm, I just, I think this team's starting to put it together. I really do. I think so. So, I mean, three and a half. I mean, uh, Personally, I think that number's a little high, but I, I I knew when I made that the guys were going to dispute that number. Niners are not playing that well. They had two good games early. Since then, lost three games, coming off a bye. I get that. You know, I, I'm not sure who the quarterback's going to be. I'm not sure that makes a big difference to the to the number. Uh, but not not so much a number play, but a hunch play. I like the Colts in this spot. I think they go in there and beat them. We only have the one Monday night game left, so we're going to leave some time for teaser legs and survivor talk and and what we like the best. I'm not sure how much I like best, to be honest with you. But this strikes me as one of these games, and this is why I said at the beginning of the season, you can't grid out your survivor stuff at the beginning of the year. And I hope people like get after these six weeks that that has never been more true than this week because this strikes me as a game, Indianapolis at San Francisco, that if you had tried mapping this out, say after week two, yeah, you might have you might have been like, oh, Niners week seven. I'm definitely playing this game. And now, how ridiculous does that sound? Like, right, yeah. I, there'll be a handful of people that will play this game, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I, because I don't think it's a, especially given the other choices. We have how many double digit? We've had four double digit spreads so far. I think. Yeah, four. Good lord. They're probably not going to knock anybody out again. <laughs> four. And by the way, that doesn't include Baltimore and New England. Well, I, well, I'm already, I'm already jumping the gun on Survivor Talk, but man, is this going to be a splintered week in that? But that's what I'm saying. Like two weeks ago, people have been like, "Oh, Niners, 
I'll put the Niners in week seven. Maybe some will still because they might have another chance. If you're yeah. married to that map that you created at the beginning of the year, you might have to. You yeah, because, yeah. you know, you can't use teams more than once. And right. you might have used all these teams already. I just think this this league is so absolutely ridiculous that there's, a, you know, I said before the year, this is when you should start putting out your map. I don't know. Maybe you want to wait another week or two. <laughs> what, so you're going to be one of those 10 guys that didn't submit an entry? You can't be one of those guys. You got to play. You have to yeah, you just keep thinking about it past the deadline. Wait, what should I do? Oh, it's 3 o'clock, Gil. I'm sorry you're done. Uh, we'll come back. We'll do the Monday night game, and we'll discuss this stuff further. Guessing lines for Week 7, a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Gil Alexander, Chrissy Andrews is here as well. Uh, Jeff Parlay, producer number five and eight, feeding us the games, chiming in. Um, Mikey, Mike Palm just uh, texted me. He said, Broncos, 19 survivors had the Broncos in Circa. Oh, really? So that ends up being number one. So it was Broncos oh, wow, first yeah. at 19, wow. followed by no submissions at 10, <laughs> followed by the Dolphins at seven. <laughs> no submissions gets beat again. Uh, we get tweets at beating the book. Kenny G, can you ask Chris about when he posts totals? Nine oh five. Nine oh five. Right up. Right with the lines. Uh, a lot of tennis tweets. Bruce Dobigan assumed you'd take Bedosa, so I rode her to the end. I also uh, pushed Basilashvili to the end. Sad face. Yeah, he was out punting his coverage for a lot of times. Um, a lot of Bedosa tweets. Paula Badosa, everybody. Oh, what a weekend it was. Eric Torres, great references at the uh, at the gun was a good one, and the Redskins and the Broncos, 1987 old school. Yeah. Chris Heath, quoting me, quote, we wager actual dollars on this league, unquote. I'm saying, man. I am saying. Uh, William Bernard, I don't think the refs spotted the ball correctly the whole weekend, and they only missed the play clock about 15 times. It's an epidemic. Joe Murray. Landon and Brady had a slightly different training method. Yes, they did. It's a very good Cigarettes point. Cigarettes and alcohol. Yes. No, seriously, when I was a kid, first of all, I don't even remember Blanda, but I remember oh, really? footage of Blanda. Oh, yeah. And he looked like he was a chain-smoking, lamb-chop, sideburned, gray, 75-year-old. And he's playing yeah. in the NFL. Was he 46, I think, when he retired? I think 46. You know, we... I was with my family. We went out to dinner after we, we needed Oakland, and Blanda pulled us out. And uh, we're sitting there talking to him. The lady comes up, taps me on the shoulder. Hi, I'm George Blanda's sister. Oh, wow. See, he's from Youngwood, PA. Oh, wow. Another Western Pennsylvania quarterback. Stacy Wilkie, love the Blanda reference, boys. Oh, and William Bernard. I'm going to have to censor this tweet. New England game <laughs> off the worst non-cover games I've ever had, talking about 35 years, and I remember every... Blank in one. Of course, New England has to get the two-point play gutted. Oh, that was really without punctuation. Just stream of consciousness from William. <laughs> Sorry I read that. Why would you yeah. bother? Why would you bother? It's a tweet. All right, Jeff, Monday night, what do we got? It's a shame that Seattle is now on their third straight primetime game, so we get to see the Geno experience again. They're hosting New Orleans, who's off a of bye week. New Orleans is off a of bye week. They're three and two. Seattle, in case you missed this last night, because I know a lot of people were footballed out from a London game into the night. wasn't the best matchup. But Pittsburgh went up. They were up 14 to nothing at the half. And next thing you knew, you're like, oh, this could be a survivor game where the Steelers lose this. Yeah, we weren't that fortunate either. Chris Collinsworth, by the way, let me just, before I give any stats, 
Did Chris? Did I imagine this? That Chris Collinsworth, like at the towards the beginning of the second, are you you're laughing because you know what I'm about to say? Yeah, I know where you're going. He go, I, I was like, wait, I have to rewind this. He goes, quote, I didn't know Russell Wilson was as significant to his team as we're seeing he was. Did he say that? <laughs> I was like, what are, are you, you serious? What are you do what? Yeah, he he said it. He said it, and it was and it was one of those where I I did the same thing. I I, I turned to. Turned to my fiance Margaret, and I'm like, wait a second, he just say that, rewind it back. That's <laughs> exactly what I exactly did. What I've what only been saying that since his rookie, probably his first game as a rookie. How could all the things in football to have been lost on Collinsworth? How oh was that? God. Uh, anyway, Gino was 23 of 32 for 209 yesterday, one touchdown, no picks. He was sacked five times. And of course, he Genoed at the end. Seattle had yeah. the ball, and TJ Watt strips, stripped him when he was running forward. Collins. For Seattle, 20 for 101 and a touchdown. DK Metcalf, 6 for 58. But the sequence at the end of regulation in which Met, in which the Metcalf catch was reviewed, I was going to uh, the Aria, picking up some tennis money. And so that last part of the game, so the Dodgers and the Braves ending and that last sequence of regulation in the Seahawks-Steelers game, without the benefit of audio, I couldn't figure out what they were reviewing. I was like, what are they reviewing? Whether the spike happened with one second left? Clearly it happened. And then I'm told, I'm like, no, they're reviewing to see if that was a catch. Well, of course it was a catch. How could you? That's I was like, that's what they were reviewing the whole time? Anyway, Metcalf, they reviewed the catch. Ultimately, there was rule of catch. Seattle had to clock the ball with three seconds left because apparently it was the catch they were reviewing. They get a game-tying Jason Myers 43-yard field goal to force overtime, and then the Geno Smith fumble sets up the game-winning Chris Boswell 37-yard field goal with 2.55 left in overtime. Seattle covers but the Steelers survivors get through. So I'll say New Orleans minus three on the road. So I don't know what else to put it at. You know, you're you're a little light, but I, I definitely like your number better. I'm, I I like it even lower. I, I was thinking Saints like one. Um, you know, Saints had, they beat Green Bay. I know they crushed them. What was it, 35-3 or something like that? The game where Gino had five touchdowns but threw for less than 150 yards. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not Gino. Uh, I'm uh, sorry. Jameis. Jameis, pardon yeah. me, yes. Uh, and then who? I think they beat your Washington football team. Is that? Let me bring it up here. New Orleans did, yes. Yeah, New Orleans. The hail mary at the end of the first. Yeah, half and then they beat game. the Patriots. Otherwise, I mean, they lost to the Panthers, lost to the Giants. I mean, I I have that grading system. <laughs> I'm looking at New Orleans. I should be like the Russian judge and throw out the highs and the lows because their they their highs are high and their lows are low. Yeah. Uh, I think Seattle's going to be tough to beat here at home on Monday night. I really do. I think Gino had some bad moments, some really bad moments. But overall, I, I mean, three and a half, I think, is too high. Like I said, I don't I don't like to mess with the threes, uh, especially on a Sunday or Monday night, just because I'm almost forced to every week every, anyway. So I try to play conservative early in the week. I'm going to open three and a half, but I'm, I'm, I got, that makes three games now that I like. I like Seattle plus the three and a half on, wow. on Monday night. See, this is a game where I think it would be the answer on the Megapod with uh, Mike Palm and Todd Wishnev that I do, where it's like, what's the game you want no part of? This yeah. might be that game for I me. think I would like, I like Seattle here in this really? spot. I think, they, I think they show up here at home. Okay. Still one of my few teams I give a home field advantage to. So we have three minutes to three and a half minutes to three questions. And Jeff, I can bring you in this, bring you in for this one too. First of all, against the number, what do we even like this week? And I will tell you that I'm not sure I like much. I mean, I really don't. I got three or more hunches than I than right. I would say. Well, what the first they? one, I think the Patriots just annihilate the Jets. Okay, that's one. Strictly a hunch play. 
I, I like the Colts against the 49ers. And then another hunch play because the numbers don't necessarily add up, but I like Seattle against New Orleans. My hunch is Tennessee. Tennessee? Of course we haven't seen them play tonight. Yeah. You, Jeff? My hunch is Vegas. I know that. It's I know kind of that, hunchy for me, too. I, I know that's probably going to be, the, especially if it's three, I would imagine that will be a very heavy public side. Vegas laying only a field goal. And probably against right. The, yeah. the Eagles, but Philadelphia isn't good. So I, I, that's how I feel about that. It, and uh, I'm with you on Tennessee, Gil. I'm with you on the Titans. Okay. I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, I have very little conviction, which might not be the worst thing in the world for me, but believe you me. You know, I, I think I like the Titans, too. I think I, that, that number is too high. All right. So then teaser legs. And again, I'm looking for longish teaser legs. Cleveland Thursday night, I'm not sure it's ever going to get to long level. You could essentially tease Cleveland down to beat Denver, but I don't, I have a feeling Baker Mayfield's not playing in this game. I have a feeling we're going to get an MRI that's really bad today and that he's not going to play. That's just, just a hunch. his body language did not look good with that shoulder. I mean, yeah. it's like lowering that shoulder kind of, you know, right. didn't look good. There are, so I guess Atlanta, no, excuse me, pardon me, Miami would be a long leg. Right, you could tease Miami up through the three I and the seven. That, yeah. Um, do do Giants. Giant, yeah, the giant. Well, uh, yeah, no, aren't they? How, no, they're. What, what's the line on that game? Well, three and two and a half. If it's two, it's and a half. very weak three. It's yeah. a weak, I mean, you want okay. to get nine if you can. You know, mm-hmm. it's a very weak three. Baltimore is at what now? Seven still, so not quite yet. Um, I don't know. There's not a whole bunch of them really. Stanford Wong. Does not abound this week. Let's put it that way. Pseudonym, real name, John Ferguson. And then finally, uh, Survivor. Good Lord. I mean, you could just go through what you could possibly pick this week. Yeah. Um, Green Bay, if you haven't used them, 10-point favor, double-digit favors against Washington, or or teetering on that. Um, New England. Yeah, New England. Hosting the Jets. The Baltimore Ravens hosting the Bengals. That's around a touchdown. Then, of course, the Rams, massive favorites against the Lions. The Cardinals, massive, even more massive favorites against the Texans. Tampa Bay, double-digit favorites against Chicago. All of those possible survivor plays. I'm sure that'll be all over the place. Uh, there's no one oh, no. game. I mean, this yeah. last week, uh, you know, the Colts looked like, you know, the obvious play. Yes. You probably haven't used them. That's you know? correct. And then are you going to use them again this year? Much uh, more splintered this week. Yeah, this, this week there's going to be a bunch. I don't know if we're going to win any of these, you know, as far as uh, uh, us in the uh, using a money line. By the way, somebody gave us credit. We had a money line on the uh, UL Monroe game. Oh, nicely done. Got to go. Thank you for listening. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.